Welcome to the Raw Talk Project. My name is Ainsley. I'm from central Queensland and have created this space to share and bring to you raw conversations with a wide variety of inspiring everyday people. We have all experienced the highs, the lows, the tough and the successful events life throws at us. For that, we all have a unique story to share. When you stand and share your story in an empowering way, your story will heal you and your story will heal somebody else. Hi, Craig. Welcome to the Raw Talk Project. Thank you so much for joining us. Did you want to introduce yourself and explain a little bit about who you are? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. My name is Craig. I run a charity organisation called Blokes Walk and Talk, which is something I started in December last year so 2022 it was put together after some high school mates that were brothers sadly took their lives and that was you know i've known a number of people now that have taken their lives to suicide and that was probably the straw that broke the camel's back i was going through my own struggles at the time and i said to a group of mates after the the boys funeral after belly full of beers that we need to get out there and talk more and let's go for a walk and, and i'm a big walker and for me, that's where I, you know, I do my thinking and it's where I have my break from the world and said to the guys, we're going to go for a walk. And they said, well, cool, that's a great idea. What are you going to call it? And I said, we'll call it Blokes Walk and Talk. And it was supposed to be a one-off thing. And and here we are, you know, 12 months later, well, not even 12 months later, we've got walks going across Australia. We've got merchandise being engaged to go out and do some motivational speaking as well through different businesses. And it's just been a a big eye-opener and just a, a reminder that there's obviously a big requirement for the support out there. So how did, I guess, Lopes Walk and Talk start for you? You had touched on just before about going through your own struggles and mental health. Did you want to go back and explain, I guess, when it all started for you and an insight into your past? Yeah, definitely. So my 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 anxiety, I'm somebody who has suffered anxiety my entire life. And I think the problem is for me, is I didn't realise what anxiety was until much later. And if I go back to my childhood, there there was a lot of issues there. Uh, we had we grew up in what was an unstable household. It was very alcohol fueled, And, uh, you know, we hit a lot and just tried to get on with it. But, you know, looking back now, you can see where there was a lot of, you know, a lot of damage was done there, I suppose, then. I dropped out of high school at 16 because I felt like it wasn't for me and if I stayed there, I'd probably go down a path I didn't want to go. And then not long after that, I was diagnosed with with cancer and that was a a tough one because I didn't think I was going to survive that. And originally it was about comfort more than anything else. And I was very fortunate enough to be part of experimental treatment that they had success overseas and I had the first ever stem cell transplant for that type of cancer, which was non-Hodgers lymphoma, and the first stem cell transplant carried out here in Canberra. Yeah, well, was that at the Woden Hospital? It was, yeah. yeah. Back in 2001, I was diagnosed, and at the end of 2002, I had the first ever stem cell transplant taking place in Canberra. And when did you come out of remission? Finished treatment early 2003. Uh, I've been remission ever since. And did you want to go into a little bit of detail? Obviously, there were some issues with the home life. Did you have the support around you when you were going through your treatment? I, I did have support around me. I, my biggest support, though, was the game of rugby league. That was really what got me through. I had dreams and desires like most 16-year-olds, and 
that was enough to keep me focused and all I wanted to do was was get through it. Not once did I, I ever feel as if I was going to lose my life to, to that diagnosis. I was just, just hurry up and give me whatever I've got to have so I can get back to, to playing football. That was my mentality. So, you know, people say, oh, you must have had a strong mindset. I, I think I was just naive to the situation. I never thought for a second that I was going to, to lose my life because I had things that I wanted to do and, and that's how I felt at the time. Definitely. Fast forward 20 years now, I guess you've gone through a lot in the past 20 years. Uh, with COVID, that's hit since 2019, 2020. Did you want to explain the last couple of years as well? Yeah, I think for me, I had a, a light bulb moment where you know, the last few years and you know, COVID obviously affected everyone in different ways and, and more some than others but for me 38 years old going through a divorce like many other people do at that age and then for reasons you know that were really hard I didn't get access to see my children through the divorce process and, and that wasn't by choice I can assure you so I fought really hard through that process and and that was really hard that's where uh, the wheels started to fall off a little bit. I was struggling, but I wasn't really talking to anyone. I stopped walking. I stopped doing all the things that I probably needed to do, and that was really challenging. But then I one day had that light bulb moment where I just started to understand anxiety. And for me, I never knew I had anxiety, but it's something I've had my entire life, and it was understanding anxiety, which allowed me to understand myself a lot better and I'm a big believer and something I talk a lot about now is that you need to understand who you are and you need to look at the good, the bad, the ugly and when I do the the motivational talking now, I do talk a lot about that and I had somebody ask me, you know, how do you know whether you're a good or a bad person and and the answer is, you know, if you're a good, a bad person doesn't ask themselves, am I a good person or they just get on their everyday business with, with whatever they want to do. But for me, that was critical. I got to look in the mirror and have a look at the things that I that others had seen in me that I'd never seen in myself. And then I got to like a big chunk of myself and that made it a lot easier to focus on some other areas. And those other areas are what cause the anxiety, which go all the way back to, to being a child. So that was a, a big eye-opener for me. I guess, yeah, you've explained the tough road that you've gone through, not only from when you were 16, but through to now. I guess that's led into the work that you're doing and being the founder of the Blokes Walk and Talk. Did you want to go into a bit of detail now of where Blokes Walk and Talk is at for you? Yeah, so Blokes Walk and Talk is, it's just about everyday blokes. It's just about guys that are stuck in a rut. They're just going through the motions every single day and you see it on our walks and What's great about the walks is that you get blokes together who wouldn't necessarily catch up with each other at a pub or a coffee shop, but the walks bring all different types together. And regardless of why you're struggling, the stress levels are the same. It's the same, put it to the side, won't talk about it, and just continue to go through the motions every single day. And that's what Blokes Walk and Talk is all about, is just bringing those guys together that are stuck in that rut, just going for a bit of a walk. Why do we do a walk? Because the, the data shows that by going for a walk, it increases positive endorphins. When you increase those in positive endorphins, you're more likely to talk a little bit more. So that's the, the key focus of where we're at. We've got walks going across Canberra. We've got walks going across Melbourne. We're getting ready to go across in Perth, and we've got some kicking off in Wollongong as well. So it's something that's really starting to grow, and hopefully summer will help that as well. But as part of that, we're 
also very big about the community. So we've got different events coming up across the country. Coming up in Canberra, we've got our Blokes Walk and Talk Music Day, which will be all family orientated. So it's really important for us that you know, the females in, their, in our lives, whether they be partners or sisters or mums, whoever they be, friends, they see what Blokes Walk and Talk is all about. So at least that way they have a level of comfort as well. And that's why we're so big on wanting to do family community days where we get all of our friends together. We've, we've got the music rock day coming up. We've got another golf day coming up in Canberra and looking at a couple of other events across the country for next year. Wow. How exciting. That's a lot of work coming up for you. I bet a lot of work. Started. <laughs> a lot of work, but it's there's a requirement there for it. So many people reached out and it was only the last few days I was you know, looking back at some of it and looking back at some of the messages that I got. And it was never supposed to be anything more than just a one-off walk around the lakes. But so many people reached out within two or three days saying, when are you doing your next walk? What can I do to help? And, and some amazing feedback. And know for a fact that blokes walk and talk, even as early as it is, that it has really helped some people who are really struggling through some tough times. So that's something definitely proud of. I bet. Did you want to explain a little bit about how you are the one of four to raise over 100000 for the Love Your Sister Foundation? Yeah, that's something I'm I'm pretty chuffed about, to be honest. That, so cancer, obviously we spoke a little bit about being 16 when I when I had cancer, but cancer is something that has affected my life in more, way than, more ways than one. It has torn apart our family. I lost my dad to cancer only a few years after I'd beaten it and on my mum's side of the family she's lost a number of sisters and a brother to cancer in their late 40s early 50s so it's played a, a really big part in our lives and that's where the passion really kicked in for me when I come out of the cancer treatment process and I, I was affected by it. there is a real thing called survivor's guilt and I didn't know what it really was at the time but looking back now it's something that I've carried for a very very long time and that made me want to reach out to Love Your Sister and that's where I got to meet the great and late Connie Johnson who was based here in Canberra and she'd done an amazing job. She started Love Your Sister and she said to her brother who's well-known Australian actor Samuel Johnson, she said to Sam that she wanted to help stop breast cancer and they, you know, she wanted to raise a million dollars and you know, Sam rode a unicycle around the country and did that. So like many others, I just watched the story unfold, was having some conversations with Connie in the background. We caught up and Connie said to me, oh, you know, you're here to help because either you want to, don't come here because you feel sorry for yourself. And from that day, my attitude towards fundraising for cancer really did change because I was doing it out of guilt, but struck a good friendship with Connie. That was great. I promised Connie that I'd raise her $100,000. And unfortunately, Connie wasn't around when I finally hit that 100K mark, but Built up a good friendship with the brother Sam and was able to continue my journey with Lovely Sister and COVID put a bit of a, a stop to all that. But looking forward to jumping back in there and raising as much money as I can for those guys. I did go on to make a million dollar pledge to them before COVID hit and that's something that is still in the back of my mind. It's going to take a long, long time, but it's still in the back of my mind. You are incredible. It gives me goosebumps because, oh, my gosh, going to take a very very long time so yes but it's it's i remember when i got asked about it, when we hit the 100k target i got asked about you know should you really go on it and you know do you think you'll ever do a million dollars and i thought i'd rather have i'd rather fail at a million dollar target and make 400k than hit the 100k target celebrate and not raise any more so 
that's my mindset. Will I get there? I don't know, but uh, I'll definitely raise a lot more trying to. Jeez, you're too good. You tapped in a little bit before about being a dad. Yep. Did you want to give a bit of background, I guess, to you and your two wonderful kids? I I love being a dad. So that's you know, the thing I'm most proudest of is, is being a dad and being there for my kids. We've got a very, very close bond, the three of us, and it's just a, a gift I'll always be grateful for. And, yes, you, you do have challenging days. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Any parent out there listening would be able to relate to that. But, yeah, I absolutely love being a dad. And my, my kids are at an age now where they're 11. My son's 11 getting ready for high school next year and my daughter's nine going on 21. But um, we've got a good bond and a good friendship, which is, you know, yeah, I love it. Do you get them involved with the work that you're doing? I do. Whenever we do, whenever I have merch deliveries for Blokes Walk and Talk across Canberra, I actually wait until I've got the week that I've got the kids and we go out and we do it together. And my son will normally, he's a little bit shy, he'll sit in the car, but my daughter will come out with the bags and we'll go up and do the door knocking. So any deliveries we do across Canberra, I try and do with the kids because I, I just love them being involved in it. They get a lot out of it as well. I guess you'll continue to have them supporting you going forward as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was funny. I teamed up with Hit Republic, which is a fitness studio here in Canberra, and they did an amazing Lifeline event where apparently it cost $26 to save a life through lifeline and they did a 26 hour bike exercise and, and i teamed up with a couple of different groups and was riding for a few hours at a time but it was at a time where i had the kids so it was hard for me to commit to it but on the few hours on the bike my daughter kept coming up with little plates of food for me and drink bottles and just checking on me all the time which was really really sweet so i think it's really important if you have the opportunity to let kids you know have a bit of insight into that type of thing is, is a good thing for them i bet can you explain a bit about when you've hit rock bottom? Yes. So I think for me, if, I, if I'm if i truly honest and I look back, I think I was scattering just above rock bottom for a very, very long time. And that was just me just trying to hold my head above water and get through every day. Hitting rock bottom was the best thing for me because it allowed me to stop and it, it's because I'd hit rock bottom, I didn't have to worry about hitting rock bottom anymore. I actually hit it. And that allowed me to stop, look in the mirror and go, right, you know, and, and for me, and I'm not saying that anyone else can relate to this or this is what they should do, but for me personally, it was that opportunity to go, right, no more poor me bullshit. Um, I'm going to get up and, and I'm going to make whatever changes I need to make to feel better about myself and, and I'm going to give it everything I've got. And I worked really, really hard to understand my past trauma. That was key for me because that gave me an insight into the anxiety. I understood anxiety a little bit more. And, and on the Blokes No Walk Just Talk podcast, we'll talk a little bit about anxiety and what that is and bring in experts to break that down as well because I think there's a, a huge education piece around that that will help other people understand, especially if they don't know they've got it because that's what happened for me. But understanding that then allowed me to look in the mirror and go, right, I really do like all this about myself, but I want to focus on these areas. This is where I want to get better. And I just felt like at that moment that everything in my life slowed down for me. Every, I just felt like life was just going through really, really quick. I was always impulsive. I was always rushing around, whereas that gave me the opportunity to slow down and opened my eyes to things like meditation. And meditation is something I've never done before, but in that process I was told, you know, advised that it's something I should look at doing. And 
I probably don't do as much as I'd like to now, but whenever I'm having those bad days, I definitely definitely do it. And that's another thing that I talk about. I might be going through a, a good phase, but I know history tells me, 38 years of history tells me that I will have bad days come up and they might sneak up on me and I might not know when they, when they hit, but at least now I've got the mental toolkit of what to do, what is the process to go through when those days do hit. And for me, that's critical. And what's this mental toolkit that you talk about? For me, and again, I'm just referring to what works for me, and that's all part of getting to know yourself, you know, what works for you, what doesn't. For me, I need to go back to basics. You know, I accept the fact, okay, right, for whatever reason, I'm having a bad day. I'm not going to knuckle down as to why and sort of pull myself apart trying to find out why because I'm actually, you know, things are going well for me. I just accept for whatever reason I'm going through a challenging time. And I'll go back to basics. I will break everything down and simplify it. What have I got to do? What have I got to achieve for blokes walk and talk? What have I got to do as a dad? What have I got to do for myself? And by breaking that down, it really stops it from becoming overwhelming for me. And then I'll look at the smallest, simplest things on my to-do list and I'll just try and tick a couple of those off because that's what gets the positive endorphins going. If I'm in a place where I can actually go for a walk, I will. But also, I've got no problems to sit there. And if I've got to let the tears out or the emotions out for whatever reason, there is nothing wrong with having a good cry, letting it out, and then uh, just accepting the fact that you're having a bad day, which is okay. Like, you're, you're allowed to have a bad day. And then for me, I just try and uh, watch a little bit of shit TV at the end of the day and, and go to sleep early if I can. And for me, that's usually enough to, to sort of reset the batteries and hopefully wake up the next day feeling a bit better. Definitely. And can you describe to me, I guess, the support services that you have really lent on during your mental health battles? For me, it's talking. And whether you're talking, if you've got access to a psychologist or a counsellor, great. You know, they're the experts. But if you don't have that, talk to somebody. Very big in blokes walk and talk. I want everyone, and we talk about it on our walks, I want everybody to have three people in their contact list of who they want to talk to because you, know, you might be going through something that's really personal that you wouldn't want to talk to a certain person about that but then it could be something else and for that reason it's better related to that person but trying to have three people in your phone book that you know you can pick up the phone and talk to and call it out with them like I've got a couple of people in my own inner circle that they know if I reach out to them and I need to chat it's because I need to chat and I think that is a great way of breaking the stigma. You don't have to go into detail. And the fact that they know if you reach out to them, then, you know, you need help and need to talk. So that's what works for me. And that's what we talk a lot about on our walks. I bet you've met some pretty incredible people on the Blokes Walk and Talk so far down in Canberra. Can you explain the relationships that you have with these blokes that are joining you? Yeah. So, like I said, everybody comes from, you know, they're bringing stress from all different areas of life and they're all living different lives, but they get stuck in the same mentality of just going through the everyday. And uh, there's one example of, of somebody who was so anxious and didn't want to come to the walks and then that sort of led to them reaching out to the page and then I went and met with them for a coffee and then sort of built them up on the walks and and now they're doing a lot more in the on the social scene so that's something really proud of and and look back at pretty happy and if we can get that going and that type of support going across the country then there's going to be a lot of better people for it, including the females in our lives. Yeah, definitely. And you touched on it previously. You've got some events coming up where the females and I guess the families will be involved. 
Do you have many females in the back end of Lokes Walk and Talk? Absolutely. So when I go back to the beginning, uh, originally after we did the first walk, I actually thought my personal Facebook account had been hacked because I just had all these messages over the next two days. And it, it got to a point where I actually got a little bit overwhelmed by it all, thinking like, what have I gone and done here? There were so many females who reached out saying, hey, I know this bloke in my life, whether it be their brother, their partner, a friend, whoever it was, you know, I'd love to get them to the walks. They don't know if they really want to go there. Like, what can I do to help? And you know, sadly, a lot of the females that reached out had, had lost males in their life to suicide. And I think the suicide stats currently shared by Lifeline, uh, nine Australians a day commit suicide and 75% of those and males so obviously it affects a lot of females out there but majority of the support for blokes walk and talk comes from females absolutely yeah it's incredible i guess it shows that us women do want to show our support and how we can also help the men in our lives because without a doubt we all know someone going through a challenge or a tough time in their life and the work that you're doing really helps promote how we can i guess not push them forward but help them get out there walk and talk and you know it may not be the professional help of going and seeing a psychologist or a counselor but like you had said getting out getting fresh air walking talking getting those endorphins going really help and if we can promote this australia-wide worldwide then imagine how many lives we can we can save i was only just telling you previously looking at the stats that one in five people have experienced a mental disorder in the last 12 months and that's scary that is really scary it, it is really scary and and i spoke about this on, on one of my podcasts recently as well the stats that i just mentioned nine suicides a day that doesn't include the attempted suicides that doesn't attempt the people that are just struggling and don't know what to do so when you break it down like that to a level of people who aren't attempting suicide, they're struggling every day, the numbers would be far greater. And what I love about Blokes Walk and Talk is it's probably the starting point. It's the, hey, come here, have a walk, have a bit of a chat. And then that sort of opens up their headspace a little bit more as to, right, this is all I needed. I just needed to get out, meet like-minded people. I'm stuck in a rut. Or it can be, uh, okay, like, no, I need to really go and talk to someone. How do I do that? And that's where we can sort of help guide them through the lifeline or a Black Institute dog or a men's link, whoever it will be, which is something that we're, we're, we're big on. While we're on the discussion of blokes walk and talk, what's the future looking like? Obviously, you went into the events that you've got coming up and you have slightly touched on your blokes no walk, just talk podcast. How are you planning on going into the future with both of them i think something that i learned early with blokes walk and talk is and it's something i get reminded about all the time is partnerships is key like we need to partner up with other organizations it's not just blokes walk and talk out there there are so many amazing charity partners out there or charity organizations out there trying to do their own bit around the mental health space and where i'm really keen to grow is by partnering with as many as we can across the country because it's not up to blokes walk and talk to go and, and, and fix all this. And it's not up to any organisation, but together, if we can come together, that would be great. There is an amazing organisation in Canberra called Running for Resilience. And there's somebody that we've recently come across. Partnering up with those guys at the moment has been amazing. 
they uh, are set to make ACT suicide free by 2033. And in their own words, it's not, you know, they can't do it themselves. They need to do it by partnerships and we need to sort of band together. And that's going to be key for next year going into 2024 is growing the partnerships nationally and doing this together. Definitely. I'll have to put you in touch with, there's a bloke here in Rockhampton called Jordan Meehan. He's running the Walk and Talk, similar to Blokes Walk and Talk. Um, and it's really kicked off here. I've actually got him lined up to be a guest as well over the coming weeks to talk about the work that he's doing and I guess his background story as well. So I'll have to put you two in touch because it'd be great if you know like-minded people can talk about the wonderful work that you're doing and put some ideas together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's people like that. It's organisations like that. Like we, we need to share the the message and do all this together because it's not down to one organisation or one individual or one government policy. It's 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 down to us all. Tell me a bit about this bloke's No Walk Just Talk podcast that you've just started up. I know you've had one episode go live recently uh, with the Shadow Minister of Mental Health, uh, Ed Cox. Yep. How did that episode go for you? Uh, that episode was great. So Ed has been one of our first supporters. So when I was going through the whole, am I going to do this, am I not, I thought I'll start off with the Facebook page and Ed reached out straight away. He addressed Parliament back in November last year and it's a clip that I put up on Facebook and he, you know, you've only got to watch that five minutes of footage to realise why it's so important to him. He's lost people around him to suicide and that sort of led to Ed and I catching up sitting there having a coffee and just sort of brainstorming and picking each other's brain and I I must admit it was very surreal I did have a moment sitting there thinking you know what is Craig Glover doing sitting here interviewing a uh, politician on mental health so uh, it was quite quite funny really a bit of a reflection moment there but Ed is a massive supporter and one of the other things that got me on into wanting to do the the podcast was because I've had a lot of people reach out saying hey, I'm just not up to coming for a walk. Like, I love everything you're doing. I'd love to, but my anxiety, I, I just can't do it. So that sort of made me go, all right, well, what can we do outside of a walk? And getting ready to host a platform called the same thing, Blokes No Walk, Just Talk online platform. And that'll be a thing that we'll do a fortnight or monthly to begin with maybe where It'll be an access point for us all to jump on there. I'll break people up into groups so they can get to meet each other and have a bit of a chat and then try and bring them together. So that's something else I want to get up and running, if not before the end of the year, something, uh, a big focus for 2024. But in that thought process then led me to the podcast channel and, yeah, as you mentioned, went live with that last week and that's uh, going pretty well at the moment. Definitely. I bet you received some really good feedback from that episode. Who's up next? Did you want to Bill, who yeah, yeah. Up. So up up next, we uh, and I sort of half mentioned him before, but ex Wallabies, most capped Brumbies player of all time, Canberra boy Ben Alexander, who is a co-founder of Running for Resilience. So again, another person, part of an amazing organisation, trying to do their bit around mental health. Brilliant. The work that you're doing here with Blokes Walk and Talk, does that align with the work that you do on an everyday basis? I'm pretty fortunate where I am full time because they're aware of, of what I'm trying to achieve and what I'm doing and they're very supportive of that. So I get to balance the two fairly well. And again, I think that's about being honest and transparent about where you are in life and what you're trying to do. And, you know, I've, I've never met somebody who you know, we're so scared of talking and opening up, but I've never met anybody who's ever shut anyone down halfway through a conversation about what they want to achieve or what they're struggling with. 
and uh, there's so many good people out there. We just don't know what to do about it or what to do with it, I should say. Definitely. And I guess what's next for you between now and Christmas? You'd mentioned obviously you want to have this platform or Amy to have this platform up and running. You've got some events coming up. Is there anything else in your personal life that you have coming up that you're looking forward to? Uh, I've I've got a, yeah we've got the the events coming up as you mentioned but also I've got some speaking gigs up in Brisbane one in Adelaide and a few more in Canberra with businesses as well just talking about motivation and all I do in that motivation I don't like using the word motivation because I'll give a quick example I I've been fortunate enough to sit on some motivational talks and they've been really really good and positive but for me I sit there and I think geez, that person's got their shit sorted. Like, I'll, I'll never have my shit sorted. I've, I always have issues going on. That's how I feel. And I've been asked over the years a number of times, how would you feel about sharing your story and doing motivational speaking? And, and the reason why I haven't done is because I thought, well, my life is never stable enough to do so. And obviously the anxiety side stopped me as well. But I decided to do it through Blokes Walk and Talk, which has opened up many other doors for me as well. But I promise myself if I do it, I'll be real about it and I'll I'll be true to who I am. And I had an opportunity, uh, an engagement a couple of months ago now, and I remember just I, I had a lot of stuff going on. It was kids-related, it was personal stuff, and I was just – the last thing I felt like doing was going to a business and talking to a whole bunch of staff about how to get the best out of themselves. And I nearly went to cancel it. And I actually spoke to the lady and I said to her, you know, look, I'm just not up to this. I'll be open and honest. I just don't feel like I can do it. Can I come and do it in a couple of weeks? She was great. She said, no worries. And halfway through that conversation, I thought, if I pull out of this, I may as well just stop the whole thing because I'm a fraud. If I'm going to wait until I'm feeling good about myself and I'm on a positive high to go in and try and get the best out of others, then I'm not being true to myself. So I called her back. (laughs) She must have thought I was a bit loopy. I called her back. And said, look, hey, forget that conversation ever happened. I'll be there tomorrow morning for it. And, and I rocked up to it. And I said just that. I told that same story that I nearly, well, I did. I rung and I cancelled it. But then I called, had that another light bulb moment where I thought, you know, it shouldn't take for me feeling like I put everything in order to come in here today because the message remains the same. And here's a perfect example. I am going through stuff. But this is what I, I need to do to get through it. And then I get back to what I want to achieve. And I'm just going to put the brakes on for the next couple of days. And I think that was probably the most successful one that I had because people could relate to it because it was real and it was raw. So that was a good eye-opener for myself as well. And I've got a few more speaking gigs coming up where I'll probably tell that exact same story, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. It shows how raw you can be. And people, I'm sure, would relate to that. It's being open and honest rather than being you know fake it till you make it kind of attitude because people can't relate to that people want you to be raw and to tell them that yeah all right you're only human you're having a shit day but then you know tomorrow you might have a good day it's only natural it's normal for that to happen and that that's exactly why i think it's been successful so far and you know, we spoke about my light bulb moment where, okay, no more poor me. I'm going to get up and get on with it and this is what I'm going to do. But, you know, there was a lot of dark days before I got there and, and there was a day for me where I knew I was struggling. And I remember the day, like, I I I love my walking and I love the ocean. I love being around water. Um, I love riding a jet ski. And 
there was a process there where for I think it was around nine months I didn't have access to to getting my jet ski. I missed summer and this was at a time where I was really struggling in my life because there was so many changes. But at the same time, I was equally really happy because there was this really cool, exciting piece happening to the side as well, which was great and it probably stopped me from realising how much I was struggling with, with other things. But I remember thinking, if I can just get my jet ski, if I can just get my jet ski, that will give me my prey time. I can get those positive endorphins going. And I told myself that every day for nine months, like just when you get your jet ski back, when you get your jet ski back, well, I got my jet ski back. And I wasn't living in Canberra at the time. I was in a state and it was about a 13-hour drive. And I drove to Canberra. I got my jet ski and I remember driving back thinking, I cannot wait to put this in the water and just to feel that positive endorphins and just, you know, have that break from the world. And I'd spent nine months really looking forward to this moment of just having this me time. And I put the jet ski in the water and I took off and there was no positive endorphins. There was no good feeling. And I remember sitting on my jet ski thinking I'm in big trouble here like mentally I'm in big big trouble like I'm really struggling that's where I let myself down because I didn't really tell anyone about it I just tried to push those thoughts and they were dark thoughts they were do I want to do this anymore can I do this anymore um and then I started to convince myself that you know maybe it makes sense not to be around and and that was really really hard but I remember sitting on the jet ski and when those thoughts started to make sense to me, it, it, it was really scary. Uh, so I remember I jumped on the jet ski and I flew back to my to the boat ramp, put the put the ski in, and I went back to get around people that were you know I was with at the time that were close to me. And I spent a lot of time trying to push those thoughts to the side by keeping myself busy. Uh, wherever I went though was that black cloud of thoughts, and I just tried to keep my mind so busy that I wouldn't think about it. That's something that wish I had it done is if I had a said to someone because everybody that was in my inner circle at that time would have just given me the hug, had a conversation with me, and I would have gone and got the right processes in place. And, and that's something, not at every talk, but I do share a bit of that story as well when I feel like people can relate to it. But I think it's yeah, if you're having those thoughts, that's where you need to really reach out to someone and have that conversation. Definitely. And there's so many support services out there that people can reach out to. It doesn't just have to be, obviously, the blokes walk and talk. Um, no. But, yeah, no. there are so many services out there, which I'll obviously link in the in the show notes as well. Look, I'll start to wrap it up a bit for you. If you could go back and tell your younger self one thing or do one thing for your younger self, what would that be? Uh, oh, this one get me a little bit emotional. Um, I would go back first of all and give the younger the younger version of myself probably a big hug and say that it's 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 okay mate it's all right it's going to be okay you're going to get through this uh, because it was a looking back a, a very anxious childhood with a lot of things going on around it so i would just love to go back and he, he was a tough kid the the younger version of me he was mentally pretty switched on but i think he just needed someone to give him a big hug and say you're going to be okay so that's probably what i'll do I, I do miss the strength of that child though some days i wish i could have that uh yeah have that strength back because um yeah he was pretty pretty strong mentally definitely and what would be one thing that you would tell your kids every day for the rest of your life? That's an easy one. I love you. Just those simple words. They they hear it all the time. And I, you know, I lost my dad to cancer when 
I was 23, I think I was. Uh, and, you know, different era, I get all that stuff. But, you know, being through cancer, being through a lot of things that we had happen in our lives, there are words I never heard from him. I know it was there, but uh, not hearing it would have, you know, it, it was hard. But uh, so I make sure that the kids, that they, uh, they hear it way too often. Look, thank you so much for joining me today on the Raw Talk Project. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with us and tell us your inspiring story. You really are a true inspiration. You're just like us. You're an everyday person going through the life, life struggles, life battles, the waves, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, the, the successful, the exciting times that you have coming up. We all look forward to seeing how that all goes and we're all here to support you. So I guess... I'd love for everyone to reach out to you if they ever need or if they want to join in with the Blokes Walk and Talk down in Canberra. I'll put in your details in the show notes as well and hopefully you can get some new face, faces turn up. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and just to check the page, socials, got the website and everything, we've got walks going across the country. So we'll have all that updated and in place by towards the end of the year, I hope. But just keep an eye out for it. and. Uh, the only advice I'd give to anyone is just when you, and this is again just advice I give myself, is just when you when you're down, that's that, that's okay. Like stay down if you have to, and then uh, when you're ready, get back up and give it everything you got. Definitely, and to tune into your podcast, blokes, no walk, just talk. Yep, on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcasts as well. <laughs> <laughs>